0: Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, Okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. (laughs) Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
2: Hello, this is Henry Diltz, and you're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. History in Five Songs With host Martin Popov A production of Pantheon Podcasts Let's rock
1: out! with Martin. Hello there, Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Media. Um, pleased, as always, to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. We are on Spotify, iTunes, and 40 other pro- uh, podcast platforms. Okay, so this episode, um, we are going to call, very simply, episode 32, Swan Song Records. Um, this is a suggestion by a faithful listener, Jason Leonard, who also... So, um, you know, a lot of really good comments over on the Facebook page Um, as as our I mean, we have a lot of smart people over there saying a lot of smart things. So I love it. Um, It's it actually feels sometimes more uh, active than my regular uh, Facebook page or my public person page, which is probably third in line of all these. Okay, so Swan Song Records. Why do I want to do this one? So. Pretty interesting situation. Um, We know there was an Apple Records Beatles. We know there was a Track Records Who. We know there was a Purple Records uh, Deep Purple. Uh, Swan Song is kind of in that same uh, ilk or realm. Um, It was started uh, May tenth, nineteen 1974. You know, uh, basically Peter Grant, their manager, Led Zeppelin's manager, um, Jimmy Page, the rest of the band. The whole idea was to have a label... Um that uh they could sign artists that they liked um, that wouldn 't have to go through kind of the same hassles Led Zeppelin went through. I mean one thing they specifically mentioned was uh was the album cover stuff. Led Zeppelin was pretty innovative with their album covers, not having text on the cover, having that you know spinning wheel thing in Led Zeppelin three and uh yeah Led Zeppelin 2 like not not text there uh, on the cover stuff like that um you know physical graffiti we're moving on um but yeah they 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 did a lot of cool things with their album covers and that's one thing they mentioned but you know so in in a sense this is them branching out it's uh it's a vanity label of sorts but it's also uh hey we want we want to give some um some bands a uh, a leg up so um you know, they came up with this logo, Hypnosis, their they're awesome, you know, revolutionary album cover people designed this logo. Uh, but then it was illustrated by Joe Pentagno, future of uh, Motorhead, the Snaggletooth fame, you know, the really cool illustrator of lots of heavy metal cover art, but uh, particularly Motorhead. Uh, so he came up with this thing based on this William Rimmer, uh, you know, old, old piece of artwork which is more like a you know monochromatic line drawing thing uh, it was called evening or the fall of day um but of course all of us looked at that when it came out and we thought oh that's robert plant uh, so it's got you know very very cool distinctive colors you know you know the burnt orange the brown thing and this sort of icarus figure um you know the only other logos that could compete at the time for looking this cool were the um were the virgin uh label and then that that really cool vertigo one not not the original swirl but later when they had the cool spaceship ones um so that was really cool um so so it it was off to a cool start what a great name they had these massive uh, decadent parties to kick off the label um and then what happened? Well, okay, let's uh, let's play some music. This is the uh, the first Swan song release uh, ever to come out in the US. This is uh, this is Rock Steady off of Bad Company uh, Bad Company or Bad Co. Take a listen.
3: Listen to baby, let the-
1: Right. So, um, so this was the first album to come out in, uh, in America, but the first one to come out in the UK was the pretty things, uh, silk torpedoes. Uh, you know, they were all big fans of the pretty things as well. Um, you know, that's a band that went back to the sixties, but bad company. So Peter Grant was managing this band and, uh, you know, what, a, what a good way to kick off the label because this was an absolutely hit band in, in, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but basically Led Zeppelin and bad company were the two hit bands on, on swan song, but bad company. So they have a past going back to free. Everybody loved free. Free was a little bit of a led Zeppelin as well. Bad Company, as You can tell they're kind of like a simple pared down version of this, uh, British blues boom idea. They're, they're kind of like the heavier stuff from Free and the mellower stuff, granted, um, but sort of cleaned up and made a little more commercial. Obviously, the leader of the band here is Paul Rogers. We've got Simon Kirk as well. I've interviewed Paul about these days and and uh, and essentially he was one of the guys up for the job uh to be the lead singer of led zeppelin when they were putting that band together so they all thought highly of paul rogers he's in the family and they and they take off and boom they have a they have a big hit with this album big hit with straight shooter you know run run with a pack a little less so but uh but essentially a uh, bad company was on a uh, swan song all through there, whatever it is five or six records sold a lot of records in the states something like 15 million um you know they they were essentially uh you know not a, not a lot of bands you could say are of the same ilk of bad company certainly free before them but after them uh after them it it it's essentially foreigner i mean foreigner's core sound is really very much like a bad company sound so uh so that was a cool one good good way to to, to ta- take off on the label you know other early things um there was Maggie Bell. They loved Maggie Bell. So again, you know, Maggie Bell is like coming from this uh, this rootsy rock uh, situation. She's like maybe a female Robert Plant, loosely speaking. Um, so that's somebody they they uh, signed early on. They wanted to sign Roy Harper, their favorite folky guy. You know, hats off to Roy. Hats off to Harper on uh, on Led Zeppelin Three. They loved Roy. Uh, they always wanted to give him a leg up. So that was another band um, but yeah let's uh, let's actually move on to our second song in history and five songs with Martin Popoff here uh, this is a little band you may have heard of called Led Zeppelin this is the wanton song take a listen. <laughs> All right, so... Definitely wanted to play something off of this album. This uh, was picked to represent the fact that the you know the core of Swan Song. I would say sixty-five percent of their business um, was Led Zeppelin, and so the first record to come out on Swan Song. This is coming out of their you know they want to form this label. Uh, they're they're previously on Atlantic. They're still going to be distributed by Atlantic, but all the records up until now. So we've got Led Zeppelin. We've got two, three, uh, the Untitled or four, Zozo or whatever. you want to call it, Houses the Holy. So this is the first Led Zeppelin album on Swan Song. It's a double album. This is an album that I've often referred to as um, my favorite album of all time, um, but I've also had a few others where I've said that Black Sabbath, Sabotage, Queen, One, Dictators, Blood Brothers. Uh, you know, there's 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 a number of them. Um, but uh, and I've often said that you know, 1975, Physical Graffiti, Sabotage is 75, and Sabotage essentially uh, accomplished the same creative goals. Led Zeppelin took two albums to make, so that's when when I give my little dig at Led Zeppelin because they were constantly giving little digs at Black Sabbath, so they deserve it. Um, but no, I I um. I literally, you know, like I say, I I think this is the aircraft carrier of uh, of uh, rock records. Uh, it's just unbelievably diverse. It's pretty darn heavy. This song you just heard, of course, is a pretty heavy song. Um, you know, an interesting sidebar to this song is it really sounds a lot like Lady of the Lake later on uh, on Rainbow's Long Live Rock and Roll album. But it's uh it's one of the cool heavy songs on this record. And of course, there's uh. You know, Cashmere's on this record. The Rover, Houses of the Holy, Custard Pie, heavy one again. Sick again is a really cool one. I like Night Flight for a cool poppy one. Just a really cool, diverse uh, album. Certainly by far my favorite Led Zeppelin album, and uh, and one of the one of the biggest sellers, obviously on uh, on Swan Song. So uh, so let's take a little break. Um, we will be right back. Okay, before we move on, um, I forgot to do this when we were talking about Bad Company, but, you know, the odd time along the way I would, um, when I interview these guys, you know, I would always ask about Swan Song. I, I, I don't have a Paul Rogers quote for you here. There's a few other guys that I've, uh, I've had, um, you know, asked about it. But uh, I did ask Mick Ralphs from Bad Company about Swan Song, and, and here's what he told me. So, yeah, well, it was a very different setup because it wasn't set up when we were first involved with Peter Grant. And then I think Led Zeppelin's success, they wanted their own label to have control over the record output. So the label was formed, uh, and it's just a label, really. Then we were signed to that label. Then it was Zeppelin, us, Pretty Things, Dave Edmonds, I think Maggie Bell. That was the original roster of artists. Very small label. There were offices in London, very unassuming. I went by there recently to show my wife uh, or somebody where the offices were and they couldn't believe it was just really an ordinary drab building, not at all impressive. It was rented from somebody who owned it, but the building is now used as an office. The record company doesn't exist anymore, but it was a leased building, and we used it during the 70s, the period of time that we were involved with them. Um, Peter Grant was our manager. He also had an office there, more like one room in this building. It's just like sort of a terraced house, if you like, with three floors, and he had an office at the top, and there was a place you did interviews below and a reception area below that. Um, and I've got another one for you later as we move on. Um, but yeah, so that's Bad Company. Uh, what is our third one here? So um, we've got Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti. Right. So we are up to number three on our History in Five Songs. Uh, let's take a, uh, a little listen to this. First of all, um, this is something called Competition by the band Detective. Yeah. There you go. Detective, uh, you know, they fit in this thing. I mean, I've often thought to do an episode about this, but um, they fit in this idea of, uh, of a band who, uh, ooh, could they be the next Led Zeppelin? I mean, Bad Company kind of fits in that as well, although they have their creative direction uh, in one direction, which is more like the um, the simple, bluesy and folky version of, of Led Zeppelin. Detective is almost like... Um, it's interesting. They're almost like so. This is off of their second album. They only made two two albums. Uh, this is uh, it. Take it. Uh, it takes one to know one. I believe that says that's, I don't, Yeah, that's how we call it. It takes one to know one. The first one was a self titled. They also have one of these, um, you know, non non official kind of semi promo live albums as well. Uh, but they only made two records. Leader of the band is Michael Debar. Um, so here they are on Swan Song Records. Michael's old band, Silverhead, was on Purple Records. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but, um, yeah, very interesting sound here. Uh, you know, I, I was never a huge fan of this band. Uh, it's funny. I always put them in the same camp as Lone Star. You know, um, Wel- Welshman Paul Chapman, who, who future of UFO. Uh, they only made two albums. They were on CBS. Uh, Widowmaker. They only made two albums, um, and that's you know Ariel Bender again, the Mott the Hoople uh, connection, Um, and uh, and Mott, the uh, Ian Hunterless Mott, who did uh, what is it called, Drive On and um, Shouting and Pointing, Pointing and Shouting, something like that. So they only made two records, this Mott band. So so all four of those bands kind of have this uh, confused, semi-heavy, semi trying to be complicated, a little proggy, a little a little bluesy. They you know they threw a lot into the pot and everybody was essentially confused. So that's Widowmaker, Mott, Lone Star, and these guys, Detective. Um, So, uh, but what you hear on this is, uh, is they definitely had this big kind of John Bonham sound. Their drummer was John Hyde, kind of an unknown. Tony Kay was in the band of of Yes fame. He's, he's kind of known. Michael Debar, of course, from Silverhead. He went on to be a solo artist and I, I believe a big, a big actor uh, in the UK. So he was like a TV guy. Um, but it's funny one thing I love about this detective band is that they have this this pre-led zeppelin sound almost in a way um well okay so so it's a sound that i think comes into led zeppelin around the presence album it's much more uh, prevalent on in through the outdoor but it's also very very prevalent on jimmy page outrider and the two firm albums so it's this kind of coagulated thick sound um you know this production quality certainly coming out of the drums like like you heard in this song i mean it's very john bonham-esque drums out of this band um so, this was a band that uh, that essentially kind of fizzled. They didn't go anywhere, but you know I also wanted to put them in here because they, they kind of prove a point that um, you know, Swan Song was doing a pretty good job with advertising all this stuff. I used to see ads for all these bands all the all, all the time. I mean, they were being promoted these bands. Um, so So yeah, that was detective. The first album cover was just like this black and white detective logo on it. Um, and then, uh, and then this one had a had a picture of the band. You know, Michael DeBar didn't quite look the part. He had the short hair. He's kind of had that had that uh, gray bonnet thing uh, going. You know, later that you saw with Rainbow and Michael Schenker. Um, but um, but yeah, interesting band. And I do have a quote from him on here. Um, I asked him to compare uh, Purple Records and Swan Song. I think it was back back in twenty fourteen. So Michael DeBar says, well, they had their pluses and minuses. They're obviously vanity projects. Therefore, in those days, what a huge megaband, like Purple and Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin, of course, m- is more my taste, in a sense. But, you know, the wonderful thing about being on Swan Song was uh, that was under the offices of the great rock and roll, the greatest rock and roll band in the world at the time, and indeed, arguably, at any time. So, therefore, uh, the, the, um, the connection was spectacular by proxy. Uh, at the same time, Bonzo wasn't particularly interested in marketing and promotion, so you're part of a conglomerate that perhaps is not taking too much notice of the vanity signings that superstar bands make i think if you talk to anybody who's been on a vanity label they would argue that uh being connected with a big band does not make you a big band in those days you had to have promotion and marketing now of course it's blissfully different you can do it all yourself which i so much enjoy uh let's see what else did you say silverhead uh ex-pamela wife uh, yeah pamela debar famous um Jimmy, let's see, very incestuous, had its pros and cons. What else does he say here? Um... But we went with zeppelin because of energy of the vibe you know one thing's very important you need to understand we were so stoned any decisions uh that were made or any sense oh oh gosh nobody's paying attention to us never occurred to us because we were living in los angeles we waited a year for jimmy to produce the album we'd been given you know a million dollars it's a dangerous thing to give young men a million dollars in the city of angels so we weren't thinking about marketing promotion either we were just making music and having fun you know in retrospect um, those things apply, but at the time it was fantastic. I mean, every band, um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Underrated uh, that's that's about all he has to say about that. So, so that's detective. Um, moving on. Uh, so let's see. We've done three. Yeah, this is number four. Uh, this is uh, this is Dave Edmonds from his tracks on Wax Four album, uh, September 8th, 1978. This is Trouble Boys. Take a listen. The Trouble
3: Boys came in, I guess they've been out i a
1: Alright, so uh Dave Edmonds, I kinda like this choice in here, um, because uh again, it's uh it's a little bit, you know, like how the Rolling Stones guys, you know, love love and revere their their um you know, they're old blues guys. Dave Edmonds is coming from love, love Sculpture. He's, he's, he's essentially coming from the same roots as, as Led Zeppelin, those rock and roll roots, those teddy boy roots. Um, so, so he has this long history and they, you know, they want to give this guy uh, a leg up. I mean, obviously Dave Edmonds later on, well, actually on this album, Billy Bremner, Bremner writes this song, uh, going by AKA Bill Murray, Bill Murray on this. Um, great tune but you know nick lowe's involved uh you know later rock pile they have a little bit more fame with uh, with a couple a couple of hits so dave's just this uh this cool rootsy rock and roll english old traditional uh rocker and the reason i wanted to play trouble boys i love the vocals on that number one but the other cool thing about this song is thin lizzy covered it later on they didn't put it on an album it was just a single um But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So what? What a great rock and roll tune! And again, this is uh, this is these guys, the Led Zeppelin guys. uh, You know, Dave Edmonds is in the camp of you know wanting to have Roy Harper, but didn't get him. But Maggie Bell and that kind of thing. Just loving loving the old rock and roll. So that was uh, that was Trouble Boys. Um, Moving on, we're up to number five. We're up to our last one in this uh, history and five songs with Martin Popoff. Um, Take a listen to this. This is Robert Plant with Slow Dancer. I'm so All right. So I wanted to, uh, end Swan song on a high note because they don't particularly actually end on a high note. Um, but this is truly a high note. So, so Led Zeppelin is over the tragedy of, uh, of John Bonham dying. Um, Led Zeppelin is over. They decide we're not going to do Led Zeppelin anymore, but Robert Plant continues on with Swan song, song records and, uh, on his uh, debut album, pictures at 11, a fantastic album. Um, you know, a little bit of a cross between, I would say, a detective album and a Led Zeppelin album, really. Um, so again, you get that uh, that same coagulated big mix. Although this is uh, this is Cozy Powell on this uh, from Rainbow Fame. Um, you know, the the sound isn't exactly similar, uh, or, or yeah, it's it's similar, but it's like it's dirty and it's big and boomy, but it's not really in that detective presence in through the outdoor the firm jimmy page outrider feel but it's a little bit uh in that respect so i wanted to play you the heaviest and most zeppelin-esque song uh off of this record but there's a lot of cool variety across the 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 rest of the album as well and it's uh it's just a really cool album i remember when it came out you know we kind of wrinkled our noses a bit at some of the songs in there there's 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 some kind of scattered thrown around tossed off things uh, on the record as well but it's it's essentially a um A really cool album now what happens after this is that uh okay well there's also around this time there's uh there's the coda so there's the post led zeppelin odds and sods record that comes out um but uh but robert plant this is the last uh record uh for swan song for robert plant first and last he goes on to form his own sort of swan song called esperanza record and and records and he continues on um with that label. So swan song essentially winds down. I think everybody was kind of, uh, crushed at the death of, uh, John Bonham, but also, um, Peter Grant is in, um, you know, not great, uh, health. He's, he's pretty obese. Um, and, uh, and so no one really has their eye on the ball anymore. Um, you know, Robert Plant's moved on. The band is, has broken up. So by, by 1983, uh, they are essentially gone. So some of the last uh, things that come out of Swan Song are, um, you know, I've, I'm going to kind of go back and give you the entire 80s. There was a band called Midnight Flyer, um, Dave Edmonds, Twangin'. Sad Cafe was another band. I always compared that band to Charlie for some reason. Um, but uh, so, so, they, so they tried their hand at uh, Sad Cafe. There was a Best of Dave Edmonds. There was a second uh, Midnight Flyer, a mini LP Jimmy Page's Death Wish soundtrack actually comes out on Swan Song. That's kind of cool. February 15th, 82. Um, Bad Company's last record uh, of the Paul Rogers era, Rough Diamonds. It it was a a bit bit of a stiff. It didn't do that well. And then Coda. And then So We Finish Off Kind of interesting. We finish off uh, a little bit full circle with uh, with Simon Kirk back again. Simon Kirk from Free Fame, uh, you know, um, pre-Led Zeppelin and during the early days of Led Zeppelin. And of course, Simon Kirk is the drummer of Bad Company, Swan Song's second biggest band. So he's back in this band uh, with uh, Phil Susan, who eventually goes on to the Ozzy Osbourne uh, band. And uh, you know they they apparently even recorded a version of "Shot, Shot in the Dark," which is uh, you know the big hit off of Ozzy's Ultimate Sin album, nineteen eighty six. Uh, but it's not on this record. So it's uh, so he's in the band, and uh, and Chris Overland and Steve Overland, future of FM fame, not to be confused with the Canadian prog band FM. This is the UK prog band, sometimes called FM UK. Um, so there you have it. That is that is the story of Swan Song Records. I mean, it's it's not it's not a great story. Story, I suppose in some respects um, I, I, I love that they're supporting artists along the way I love the, the beautiful label um, I mean supporting artists along the way that they liked of the kind of music that they wanted to support and um, yeah, the label. And like I say, I mean, uh, these bands were were pretty well supported, despite what uh, Michael DeBar says. I mean, certainly Bad Company. Uh, I, I suppose it's a little bit of a catch 22. If you start doing good, they start pouring more money into you. And Led Zeppelin and Peter Grant, they had tons of money. Um, but yeah, you used to see tons and tons of Bad Company ads. And like I say, that that band was massive as well. Of course, they recorded at Headley Grange the same way uh, Zeppelin did. Um, but that was it. That was the end of Swan Song. And uh, that is, the end of our episode so um yeah um go to our facebook page for history of five songs um twitter as well i'm not the greatest at twitter but uh, we have a great facebook page uh you can go to my uh regular um dot com martin see all my books um i've actually did i did a led zeppelin book called uh probably my best book the one i'm most proud of called uh, all the albums all the songs where i had to uh Basically go into my monastic tower and uh, put on headphones and, and review and analyze every single Led Zeppelin song to the tune of 400 to 500 words. I have actually about ten copies of the original version of that Led Zeppelin book that I'm still selling, plus the updated uh, one expanded that has sixteen extra pages for uh, for all the rarities. So so there is a Zeppelin book there, um, and uh, and yeah, I sign them uh, PayPal buttons for everything there. So um, that is it. Keep your suggestions coming. I love them. I've I've seen a lot of them. I kind of shoot some of them down because in the back, be- you know, this is a very personal thing. I have to I have to really feel it to be able to do this and feel that I could just, uh, you know, blast at you, uh, talk fast, um, and, and, uh, and know of this stuff essentially off the top of my head with, with a few notes, uh, in front of me to help me out. Um, but yeah, um, love having you guys along for the ride. Thanks again. Signing off for History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. See ya.
2: Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com. Nissan has been committed to the EV game since 1947. Their EVs have traveled 8 billion miles. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. From the North Pole to the Formula E track to your co-worker's garage, put the electric in EV with the Nissan Aria and the Nissan LEAF. Visit NissanUSA.com to learn more. Nissan. EVs that electrify.